everyone, this is Kevin Eva, the Editor-in-Chief from Medical Education, coming to you again through our journal's podcast series. Today I'm on the phone with Emma Warnicke, who is Senior Lecturer in General Practice and a General Practitioner herself at the University of Tasmania School of Medicine, uh, an institution at which she's recently become the Associate Head of Student Affairs. Welcome, Emma. Thank you for being available to record this with me. Oh, thank you, Kevin, for asking me to uh, to do this. It's my pleasure. What prompted it? You have a paper entitled A Randomized Controlled Trial of Mindfulness Practice on Medical Student Stress Levels, due to be published in the April issue of Medical Education, and I was just hoping for a chance to talk with you about that paper and to get a bit more information uh, that might be useful to our listeners and readers with respect to what you did and how you'd advise them to take advantage of your work. First thing I feel compelled to start with is as much as mindfulness is a well-recognized concept in medical education literature and many people have written on it, I'd love for your take on why you thought this was something that you wanted to try to promote or why you thought it was an intervention that was worthy of using to try to lower student stress levels. Yeah, I guess, as you say, mindfulness has been studied fairly widely in a variety of populations, both clinical and non-clinical. I guess I decided to study what I feel is a very important question of how to empower medical students to manage their stress for multiple reasons. Firstly, we do know that stress and psychological distress are very well recognised in both doctors and medical students. So we need to perhaps identify ways to manage this stress and as you say, anyone who's worked in medical education for some time will see the impact that stress can have on student performance and this is perhaps both in a teaching and learning context and also in the care of of patients. My other main reason for wanting to do this study is that in medical education we teach students to care for others and in this care there's an increasing obviously focus on talking about people's complete you know, physical, mental and social well-being, not just treating their symptoms or diseases. So I feel that we have an imperative to provide students with the skills to also care for themselves and therefore provide some effective evidence-based ways of, of managing the stress that we know is prevalent. My third reason for doing this is just that if we think about patient care and safety, that it can be argued that if you want to be an effective practitioner, you need to be healthy yourself. So perhaps it be fair to say that the health and well-being of medical students historically has been a, a fairly neglected part of medical education. However, it's been lovely to see in the last five to ten years a really increased interest in, in finding ways to, to manage stress and look after the well-being of medical students. So if we can do that, then I think that has implications both for the students themselves and for patient care and safety. And I guess given that I've used mindfulness-based interventions for many years in my clinical practice and seen its benefits there, I wanted to take the opportunity to trial it in the medical student population and just take it as a standalone intervention and see if it was effective. So really I've just taken a, what is known evidence-based therapy and applied it to a population that's you know, been shown to be in need of, of effective tools for managing stress. Right, and it's clearly been shown that that's the case, even the burdening literature on burnout and stress, and that the topic has become very hot, I think, globally and in the medical education world. Most of the work that I've seen, though, has still been focused on the level of trying to capture prevalence rates and determine whether or not the stress-burnout-related issues are more 
prevalent in the medical school population than in other places. Your paper is one of the few that I've seen that has gone beyond and tried to say is there something that we can do to reduce it. Can you tell our listeners a bit more about the actual intervention that you applied? Well, I guess when I started my literature review, I was sort of surprised how little literature there was actually within the medical student population. And particularly there was a study done last year that just looking at students and what they wanted as their learning needs, they certainly listed self-help techniques for coping with stress and distress as, as among their sort of top three learning priorities. So I guess we know students are looking for it. The intervention that I actually developed was an audio CD Basically, that was just my spoken voice guiding students through a 30-minute mindfulness practice. So I actually designed and produced the CD for this trial, then thinking that if it showed an effect, we would then have an evidence-based self-directed tool that could be used for medical students to utilise themselves, you know, wherever they were and whenever they needed it. Right, right. And actually, that's one of the attractive things about the project, I think, is many educational randomized control trials suffer because the intervention is seems almost destined to be institution, context, educator dependent or specific. And so it's very difficult for an author to convey enough information to allow someone else to fully utilize the techniques that were developed. But given that this is a recording for you, I imagine it's quite easily transportable. Yes, absolutely. Given that it's a CD, I'm hoping that it might be able to be utilised quite widely for people, if it can be effective for people's stress. And I guess one of the exciting things for me is that I chose a randomised control trial because not only did I want to study this issue, but I wanted to apply the most scientifically rigorous method possible to this question so that if we showed an effect, then we could really say that we've got some good evidence behind its use. So think we've moved past down the stage where we've well recognised that we've got high levels of stress and distress in medical students so our you know, next priority is to say okay how do we manage this so it's nice now that we can actually say here we have a randomised controlled trial that's focusing on a standalone single intervention that's shown to be effective for both decreasing stress and anxiety in medical students. Can you tell us more about what factors you were trying to take into account in designing the CD. I'm thinking specifically if someone else wanted to build on your work or for whatever reason create their own CD, have you any sense of what the active ingredients were or is it arguable that really it's uh, about just spending some time relaxing as opposed to mindfulness itself that seems to have driven your results? Yeah, look, I guess that's perhaps the focus of a further study, you know, to look at. But I think mindfulness is very different to relaxation. I think this is perhaps one of the reasons why in, in medical students it's of such interest because mindfulness is obviously just the ability to pay attention and to pay attention in the present moment without that constant dialogue that people often have in their heads. So without that judgment, but just being aware and attentive to the present moment and just letting it unfold as it does and in a way being aware and, and watching that. So I guess one of the simplest mindfulness exercises in doing that is to have use breath awareness and breath awareness is just focusing on a very localised area, so perhaps where the breath enters and leaves the body at the nostrils. So in doing that, you develop an ability to really focus your attention and to 
keep your mind in the present moment and not constantly be distracted by thoughts of the past or, or what may or may not happen in the future. Mm. And I think that a lot of people use up an awful lot of energy and, and mental energy particularly in thinking about what they've done previously or what may or may not happen in the past. And a lot of stress certainly disappears quite rapidly if you can just learn how to focus in the present moment and realise that a lot of concerns relate to something that's already happened that then can't be undone or perhaps more so even to what may or may not happen in the future which we don't always have complete control over. Right, so I guess right. you know, I feel it's nice that it's quite empowering to students to learn a skill uh, that they can then use when they need to. I was quite fascinated also by the follow-up on this study that so we had an eight-week intervention where the students were uh, advised to use the CD independently for 30 minutes a day and then at the end of that eight-week period we had a follow-up at 16 weeks so eight weeks after the end of the intervention and the participants could continue to use the intervention if they wish but there was no you know no necessity to and in fact most participants didn't Yet, there was no statistically significant decrease in scores, but in fact, every single score did decrease slightly on a point basis, which certainly showed that the effect they had originally was maintained, which I find quite fascinating because most of the mindfulness studies in a clinical population talk about that if you need to keep using mindfulness, that if you, once you stop using it, then the anxiety or the distress that you're treating with mindfulness recurs quite quickly. This is quite interesting because we are studying a relatively well population, and perhaps I should put well in inverted commas because <laughs> we do know <laughs> that medical students do suffer you know, a lot of stress and distress, but overall they still are within normal limits, certainly on the outcome measures that I use, the perceived stress scale and the the DAS scale, which is depression, anxiety and stress scale, they had higher levels of stress than their age match peers, but they still were within normal limits. So I guess we can talk about when you have a relatively well normal population. And I wonder if, and this is perhaps something we need to confirm with future studies, we teach a lot of skills in medical education which don't need to be used every day, yep. but it's a skill that's there that the student can call on whenever they need that skill. And so I wonder whether mindfulness is not one of those skills that forms a repertoire of you're not always going to be very stressed, and but whenever a situation arrives when students recognise that they are in a situation of stress, that then they can use this intervention and, and apply its effectiveness at that time. And I presume that in your new role in student affairs that you're now in a position to prompt some change. And so can you tell us a bit about how you're using this now and what you think the important next steps to be with respect to both getting this into the educational practical realm as well as any of the research projects that you're hoping to prioritize? Yeah, absolutely. I guess firstly we confirm that the literature and showing that stress is higher in medical students and secondly that we've shown that there's now a sort of simple effective self-administered intervention to effectively manage stress so I guess my wish really is for it to be widely utilised both in medical education and in further research. I'm planning as you say in my role in student affairs to make this intervention available to all medical students and given that it's the CD that we can hand out as part of a self-care and stress management package it's nice that it doesn't require a lot of pre-training or teaching it's a standalone 
fully guided mindfulness intervention. Right. So we'll certainly be offering that to all our students here. And I do know there's, there's other programs both around Australia and internationally that offer options for students for self-help and stress management. So I guess it's something that you know, I'd be very interested if people out there are looking for something or wanting to study it further in different populations. One of the fascinating things might be to look at the ongoing effect as students actually become doctors and this, what we were talking about, this longitudinal effect ongoing and does this improved capability to manage stress, does that continue on to become junior doctors? And I guess perhaps the most important question still to answer is we know that it decreases stress, but does it actually improve outcomes? So I guess we know that the stress in doctors and medical students can lead to errors which affect patients' care and safety. Mm -hmm. So if we improve stress in medical students, does this improve outcomes both in their teaching and learning context of their performance and I guess in also improved patient care and safety? So I think there's some potentially exciting next steps still to take. Yeah, absolutely. It is an exciting line of research and I'm thrilled to have read about it. Generous of you to offer the collaboration and the resource to, to others who would want it. And I will direct people to the article published in Medical Education this coming April 2011 called The Randomized Control Trial of Mindfulness Practice on Medical Student Stress Levels, where you will find an email address and contact information for Emma Warnicke, the scholar and researcher that I've been speaking with. So thanks once again, Emma. I'll wrap this up and wish you the best of luck with your new role and your continued research efforts. Thanks, Kevin. It's been lovely to talk to you.